0: on a subject that's been burning in my heart for a couple of weeks uh, it's bad when it's not bad it's good and bad it's it's bad when God gives you something early then you got to wait so long to share it and uh, if you're like me I can't keep a secret I just want to tell somebody uh, what God has done what God is doing and and Lord it's, it's been hard to hold this one but but God knows what he's doing he he has uh, brought new truth to this and in, in ways you might have heard uh, uh, this uh couple verses taught in a certain way and uh, we're going to go that route and then maybe share something uh, a little different with it this morning. Isaiah chapter 9, do y'all have that on the screen? y'all have that on the screen? Go ahead and put that up Uh, uh, for those in the darkness, amen. Uh, And all God's people said, Amen. amen. All right, see these screens I knew would come in handy, amen. All right, let's read together. For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Let's read that that first couple sentences again. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and uh, the dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your your tenderness. Lord, please, please anoint your word. Anoint the truth today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, A very popular uh, phrase and terminology for this particular uh, verse of scripture in the Bible, and, and if you like alliterating things, I've, I've alliterated this thing 500 different ways, uh, trying to figure out which way God wanted me to bring it and share it with you this morning, and, uh, but many times you hear the, you hear the, the statement, the, the cradle, the cross, and the crown. For unto us a child is born, that's the cradle, unto us a son is given, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave His Son. God gave His Son to die on a cross that we could be delivered, we could be free, we could be saved. I mean, you all are glad of that. But then it says that on His shoulder, the government shall be upon His shoulder. He, he will rule and reign. He will, be, uh, 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 he will be ruler here on this earth. So we have a cradle, a cross, and a crown. I begin, to think about, I begin to think about Philippians chapter number uh, 2. The Bible says, uh, 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 Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient, even unto death, the death of the cross. So what do we have here? He came and was fashioned as a man. He came, and, and, and even though he was deity, even though he was royalty, even though he was holiness, he came as a man and fashioned himself. God with us, Emmanuel. The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. And he humbled himself even to the death of the cross. He humbled himself and, listen, died a cruel, rotten death, a, di- a death of a criminal. But it says henceforth, God hath highly exalted him. And giving him a name which is above every name. Are you with me? Say amen. And that's wonderful. And it's all about Christ. I mean, it's who he is. This is the panoramic view of Christ's time here on this earth. He was born. He came to die. And he's reigning today at the right hand of the Father. And one day, he's going to rule and reign here on this earth for a thousand years. The Bible says he'll sit on the throne of his father David. I believe his headquarters will be in Jerusalem and he will rule and reign a thousand years. And it's all about him. Aren't you glad? Say amen. Amen. But let me share with you a little different twist to this whole thing that God showed me this week that really opened my eyes to a lot of things. This This is not just a panoramic view of Christ's life on earth. What did he come to do? He came to die. We know that. For this cause, he said, to this end was I born. For this cause came I into the world. But we know that he came to be our example. When we use the terminology Christian, what's the word Christian mean? What's that mean? Christ like. So he came, and we are to be Christ like. We are to be what he was. This is not just a panoramic view of Christ's life on earth, this is a panoramic view of the Christian life. The Christian walk. Let me share with you just a couple of things. And if you will, if you don't mind, uh, save the notes today. Just pay attention to me because I'm, I'm going to try to get, do a whole lot of stuff in a very short period of time. And, and if you need the notes, I can print them all for you. I'll give you everything I've got on my paper. But I want you to put your pens down for just a minute. Sit back and listen to me real good because I'm going to have to go fast with this, so I need you to listen fast. All right. In the beginning, in the beginning... The Bible says that Mary, Mary, when she, she was approached by the angel, and, and the angel said, you're going to give birth. You're going to give birth, and you're going to give birth to a baby son. And she says, how will I know this? She was a virgin. She had never been with a man before ever. She was a virgin, and, and she says, how will I know this? Seeing I've not ever been with a man. And the angel said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the high shall overshadow you. And what happened? Supernaturally. Supernaturally, the Holy Spirit placed the Lord Jesus Christ in the womb of Mary. Supernaturally, she listen, he planted the seed in Mary. You say, why do you say that? The Bible says this. The Bible says in John chapter number 1, In the beginning was the and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It says in verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. How many of y'all believe that's true? John 1. It's all right there in John 1. So what did really, what did the Holy Spirit plant in Mary? The Word. The Word. Later on in the Gospels, you'll find Jesus Christ giving a parable about somebody sowing seed. Some seed fell on stony ground. Some seed fell on good ground. Uh, uh, we, know, we know that the Bible says, and this is what Jesus said, the seed is the Word of God. Say, what does that have to do with me? Just as as the Holy Spirit planted the Word in Mary, every single saved person came by the same way. The Holy Spirit comes and plants the Word into your heart. The Word begins to take effect, the Word begins to work, and, and then all of a sudden there's a brand new birth. The Word was placed in Mary, and then when when the fullness of time was come, there was a baby born. But this was not just any baby. This was not just any ordinary human. This was not any ordinary birth. This was a human like no other human. This was a brand new human. He was a new man. He was a sinless man. He was a perfect man. He was a man of a divine nature. And what happens when the Holy Ghost plants the Word into your heart? When it gets in the fullness of time and that new birth takes place, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Paul said it this way. He says, we have been partakers of the divine nature. There's a brand new man. There's a brand new being. Listen, a new birth, Jesus said, unless a man is born again, He cannot enter the kingdom of God. There is a delivery. Say that word with me. There is a a delivery, a new birth. Unless you have experienced that new birth, unless you've experienced that seed being planted in your heart, listen, the Holy Spirit coming. You say, how does that take place? It's It's just like this. The preacher stands up and says, you must be born again. The preacher, he stands up and says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The preacher gets up and says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And while the preacher is preaching, the Holy Spirit is coming into your mind and into your heart right now saying, That's right. He's telling you the truth. You need to believe in the Word of God. The Word of God. And then it goes to work. You leave the house of God. You leave the sound of my voice, but you can't forget about what was said. You go home and you hear, "For God so loved the world that He gave us." What's happening? Oh, the seed has already taken root. It's already going to work. And then when you believe, you say, "That's right. He's right. I am a sinner, and I need a Savior." And you trust and believe. There is a new birth takes place. Are you with me? Say Amen. So with every Christian life, we start the same way. And by the way, every new birth has to start in humility. Until we humble ourselves before God, we'll never get saved. Amen. That's just a thought commercial. Amen. So there's a a delivery. There's a delivery that begins the Christian life. But then there comes discipleship discipleship luke 14 luke 14 jesus is speaking and there were many that believed on him there were many that were following him at that time i mean crowds everybody everybody wants something free are y'all with me i mean you let me go into a grocery store and they're giving out free stuff i'm there man i mean i am there I don't care if it's free cheese and crackers. I mean, you know, I like them kind of like, like like Sam's. I mean, you go through, they got people stationed throughout the store. I mean, sampling free stuff. Isn't that heaven on earth? Say amen right there. I, I think I will. Amen. Would you like to try? Yeah, I think I will. Amen. And that's the way people were following Christ because he was feeding 5,000. He was, he was walking on water. He was healing the blind. And I mean, he was doing all this stuff that we stand and we cry for. God bless me, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. Don't babies and children, aren't they in the habit of give me, give me, give me, give me? That's because we're still here. A baby don't care about nothing but what it wants. A baby don't care about anything but what they can put in their mouth. They'll pick up roaches and put in their mouth. I mean, they just want what they want. And children are the same way. Give me, give me, give me. It's mine, 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 mine amazing it's amazing you can buy four things of the same thing to give them to four different children and them children want what the other one's got i need a witness right there give me give me give me you know they were they were there following him but he says it's time to take a step of maturity it's time that that you learn that the christian walk is not all about give me give me give me it's not all about it's not all about peace and prosperity it's not all about health and wealth. I like those things and I want those things and I want God to bless me, but I want God's will to be done. And you've got to understand something. Jesus said this unless a man hate his father and mother, sister and brothers, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, we're not, I don't believe that Jesus is saying you need to hate anybody, but he is saying that your love for him has to be so great that your love for everything else pales in comparison. He has got to be number one. He has got to be numero uno. The number one thing in your life is God, nothing else. Everything is a far away second place. I mean, if, you're, if your love for Him and your love for them, it seems like, hey, how far of a span is that between first and second place? And then he says this, unless a man take up his cross. Follow me. He cannot be my disciple. Then he says again in that same chapter unless a man forsake all that he hath and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. We are living in a day, we are living in a day when everybody wants to stay in the manger, everybody wants to be hand fed. Everybody wants convenience and an easy christianity. Everybody wants everybody wants things laid out so easily. But nobody wants a cross. You have preachers today on TV preaching a crossless christianity. Listen, people want to go from here and get around that to hear your best day now. God wants to give you everything you dreamed of. Just get what it is, and it's all about this. Now this is coming. But Jesus never wore a crown till he carried a cross. Today, we're living in a lay-out-a-sea in church age. Lukewarmness. Not in, but not out. Not, not off, but not on. Just kind of living between here and here. The cross. Let me just give you a couple of things about the cross. Listen, I want you to see... The surrender factor. A cross requires total submission and surrender. Jesus is there in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's weeping. Listen, he is struggling in his humanity. He is... He is, I mean, bearing his soul and saying, Father, I know all things are possible with thee. Uh, uh, Father, I know you can do anything. Lord, I know you can take this cup from me. I know that you can change this whole scenario. Father, if you would, please let this cup pass from me. But Lord, not my will. Thine be done. Uh, Three times he went before his father and begged and pleaded with earnest crying to the point it was so intense that his sweat, I mean he began to perspire, he began to sweat because he was agonizing and praying so hard and in that earnest prayer, his sweat became as great drops of blood. Physicians will tell you today because of the extreme stress of the situation. But Lord, Father, not my will, but thine be done. But we are standing today in a church where people are saying, Lord, not your will, but mine be done. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, my will be done on earth. I don't care what yours is in heaven. I know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. We're living in a day where we, listen, you, 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 you make changes to reach more people. And if it's the slightest inconvenience, people will bow up and get mad at you. Even though people are dropping off into hell like flies. Even though they're dropping right beside you, neighbors going to hell. But don't mess with my schedule. Don't mess with my agenda. Oh, that's my family time. Is it? I mean, six days out of the week, we don't have time for family? We got to use God's day for it? Now, I'm for family time. I think we need family time. I think we need all of that. But when our agenda is more important than Christ's agenda, we've got problems. Christ had no will on the, on the cross. He had no rights on the cross. Everything was stripped from him. This cross is about submission and surrender. Listen, I've had people tell, well, I just don't know God's will. Because see, here's the deal this cross represented his calling. To this end was I born. Look on the wall. To this end was I born for this cause. What? The cross. For this cause came I into the world. He came for this cross. He came to carry. He came to die on this cross. This was his divine purpose. Now here's the deal. We all have a divine purpose. You have a divine calling. And I've I've had people say this. Well, preacher, I just, I don't don't know what it is. I've tried and I've asked God, but he won't tell me what that divine purpose is. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because you've never been in the garden and saying, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. You've never been to a place of full complete total surrender to him. Because why should God tell you what he wants you to do if he already knows you will not do it? Surrender. When I was when I was a little I say little, I was younger. I was in high school and my dad would let us stay home from school for the camp meeting. He'd have a camp meeting, an uh, old-style camp meeting, was church in the morning and church in the evening. Uh, some of y'all might not be familiar with that, but a lot of you old-timers might. And, and, and they'd have church during the day and then church at night, and, and we could stay out of school if we went to church. And so we were there in church, and I was just glad to be out of school. I, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't real religious or churchy, but I just wanted to get out of school. Well, one of the, one of the dear friends of mine that was a missionary uh, Brother Bob Green, Travis. I don't know if you remember Brother Bob Green. He was there preaching, and uh, and and I was sitting there, not really halfway paying attention. But I just caught out of the corner of my eye. All of a sudden, he was preaching on a subject, and he said, he said, and he pointed right at me, right where I was, and his finger looked like it was this long. He said, "I want that boy to be a missionary." And I mean, I just almost swallowed my tongue. I mean, it was just, it scared me so bad. I said, "Missionary? I don't want to be a missionary. I don't want to go to Zimbabwe. I've seen pictures of the places." I mean, at that moment, I mean, Kendrick, at that moment, there was a fear in my heart. I mean, I just knew it. He has cursed me. I'm jinxed now. I got to be a missionary. Surrendered to preach with fear. Went to Bible college with fear. I tried and I ran and I said, I'm going to be dad's assistant pastor. And after Bible college, I went down there running from God with fear that God wanted me to be a missionary. Afraid, scared to death. It didn't work out down there because, see, I wasn't fully surrendered. I said, well, I I need to go back to college. I need to get that fourth year. That's the problem. That's what's wrong with me. Ran back up to college. Me and Travis went at the same time. Travis had just surrendered to preach. He was going for the first time. I was going for the second time. Then went and took the, the little church there in South Carolina, Long Branch Baptist Church. I said, I'll go over here. And if I get settled here, surely God won't make me be a missionary. And sure, God saved people. The church grew like crazy. I mean, it was just something. But I never was happy. I never was settled. I could never feel like, hey, I'm in God's perfect will. There was always that gnawing, gut-wrenching feeling that I'm not doing what God wanted me to do. And then finally come time that God said he's through with me at Long Branch. And I was sitting there, I told Tammy, praying, and, and the whole time, God was eating me alive. And I said, God, I don't, want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to be a missionary. And you know what? I got sick of that feeling. I got sick of wondering. I got sick of worrying. So I said, God, if that's what you want, I'll go to language school. There was a language school. I talked to other missionaries. I said, Lord, I'll go to Costa Rica. I'll learn the language. God, if that's what you want me to do, I'm tired of feeling this way. Even within four weeks of me saying, God, I don't care. Whatever you want me to do. Somebody called me from Coleman, Alabama. And said, want you to come and preach for us. Candidate for the church, I said, no. See, I I just knew God wanted me to be a missionary. I can't even do that. i got to be a missionary. I said, well, I'm going to Costa Rican language school, but I can come fill in for you because I love to preach. Boy, everything in the world. Devil tried every way in the world. Blew my truck up. I mean, I had parts fall out the bottom of my truck. Going down the highway, no exaggeration. I mean, real parts fell out the bottom of the truck. Radiator went out in the car. Tammy didn't want to go, literally. <laughs> she said, just call them. We ain't even got a car. I called I said, look, this ain't working out. I don't even have a vehicle. They said, just rent a car, man. I thought, okay, man, you're going to pay for a rent-a-car. I'll come, bless God. I'll rent a Cadillac, dog on it, amen. <laughs> rented a car, come out here. And the rest is history. You say, preacher, what are you trying to say? I feel at home. Now, God may change this tomorrow, but right now I feel like I'm going to die right here. A long time from now. Amen. (laughs) I pray. But I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I have a feeling of peace that I'm in the perfect will of God. But you know when that came? When I said, God, I don't care what it is. God, I don't care where it is. God, not my will be done, but thine be done. And see, there's too many of us not there yet. See, you don't get your cross over here in a manger because a baby Christian, they're not strong enough. They don't know enough. They can't carry a cross. You don't find your cross till you come to the foot of His. This is the delivery But this is discipleship. God does not want you sucking your thumb forever. God does not want you to have to be babied forever. The Bible says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. There's too many people being offended by too little of things. Preacher, I have my feelings hurt. Well, what are you going to tell Jesus when you see him? What are you going to tell Polycarp? When you see him, he was burned at the stake for his faith. I mean, his skin dripped off his body as he was burning for the cause of Christ. Are you going to tell him you got your feelings hurt? What are you going to tell the saints who had their children fed to lions? What are you going to tell Paul who was beheaded for the faith? What are you going to tell Peter who was crucified upside down? Hey, what are you going to tell the modern Sudanese people who are standing for Christ and, and have an acid thrown in their face? What are we going to tell those who have their limbs cut off? Mothers whose breasts have been cut off in the Sudanese, listen to Sudan, so that they cannot breastfeed their children because they will not deny the name of Christ. You going to tell them you got your feelings hurt? See, when you carry a cross... People can make fun of you, but you're still there. When you're carrying a cross, you don't care what the mockers are saying. They mocked him and beat on him and spit in his face. But see, when you're carrying a cross, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is thy will be done. Please. You say, why are you saying this? This is right after Christmas because Jesus said I have counted the cost In the same chapter where he said, unless a man take up his cross and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. In the same chapter that he said, unless a man hate his father, mother, sister, and brother, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Unless a man will forsake all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. He said, I have counted the cost. I know what it's going to take to win the battle. And listen, babies are not going to be what it needed to win the battle. It's going to take people that are sold out, disciples of Christ, soldiers for this war Paul said endure hardness as a good soldier but we want to totally bypass the cross are you surrendered this morning are you surrendered to whatever it is that God wants you to do so I don't know what it is I've tried to find it have you really have you gave every effort that you have to find the will of God for your life have you really given your best 100% effort the cross takes surrender but i want you to see this not only the surrender of the cross but look at the the shaping of the cross the shaping of the cross the bible says in hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons unto glory. Now, watch this. Watch this. Read the last part with me. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through. I wonder who the captain of our salvation is. That's right. Who is it? That's Christ. You mean to tell me he had work to be done on him? That's what that said. Think about this a minute. God the Father was perfecting his son, getting him ready for his position here by putting him through suffering here. In other words, God developed his son, got him ready to the point that he could reign, that he could stand on the right hand of God, that he could be our advocate, that he could be our mediator, that he could be our great high priest in heaven. That's why the Bible says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted even as we are. What qualifies Christ to be able to say, Chris, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through. I know your pain. We have a high priest in heaven who is well qualified. Why? Because he suffered just like we suffered. He experienced pain just like we experienced it. And God was shaping him by the sufferings that he experienced on earth to be your great high priest. He perfected him. The word perfect there means complete or matured, completely developed. You say, what does that have to do with me? There's something about this cross that shapes the one who carries it. I got some, some tapes. My sister brought up from Florida some tapes of me preaching 10, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. Travis, you laugh, I got some of you too, buddy. And by the way, Doyle, you and Belisa singing, too. Now, you think they hillbilly now? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to blackmail them with them tapes. Whoever goes to the highest bidder, it's funny. I ain't going to tell no lie. Miss Barry, she borrowed my truck the other day, and I had one of the tapes in there, and she was running off the road, crying, hysterically, laughing. Am I telling the truth? And I was listening to some of them tapes of me preaching, which is very... Traumatic experience, I must say. I'm thinking, dear God, why would anybody want to come and listen to that? And everything I said was dead on the money. Everything I said was spiritual, it was scriptural, it was, I say spiritual, it was scriptural. I mean, it was was as dead down the line as anything I could imagine. But boy, did it sound arrogant. Man, I was listening to that and I said, my goodness. I mean everything about it. And boy, God just whispered in my ear all those things you went through. All those difficulties was to shape you so that you wouldn't be here but I could get you to here. you see everything about me has changed my attitude the way I handle situations the way I handle problems the way I look at people the way I look at circumstances in my life the, the, everything about it but do you know what's changed me it wasn't a bottle in a manger it was a cross on a hill People that misunderstood me. People that I loved and cared about. And was there at the midnight hour that turned their back on me. And went around and told everybody in the country how sorry I was. Broke my heart. Listen, difficulty that was faced here at the church. Times where we didn't know, listen, how in the world we was going to pay the bills or how we was going to pay the mortgage. And difficulty where you went and you just fell before God and said, God, if you don't do something, we're in trouble. All the things that we suffered. Job said it like this. When Job was going through his darkest hour, when Job had lost everything he had, when he lost his family, his finances, his, his fitness, his physical health, everything, he said, this is what he said, this is how God worded. God maketh my heart soft. You see, whatever you're going through right now, hang on, honey. God's not hating you and God's not trying to destroy you. He's just shaping you into what he wants you to be. But see what happens. His boys were carrying that cross it gets heavy. As we're carrying that cross, I've never known I've never known a cross that wasn't painful. Some of y'all are still hurting from the changes because it was so different, it was so different than what you grew up with for 50 years. But Lord knows complete surrender is necessary. And there's never been a change without some kind of pain. Jesus was 30 years old walking into a temple telling old men, you got to change what you're doing. You've got to change what you're doing. Matter of fact, if, if your righteousness doesn't exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, the publicans, and sinners, you're, you're, you're in a bad way. Here, a 30 year old man is coming telling people that had spent their whole life in a tabernacle, in a temple, and listen, they were Bible scholars. And then they say, you telling me we're doing this wrong? How dare you? You know, they misunderstood him. They came against him, but you know what? That was just part of his cross. And the point I'm trying to make is this. Sometimes the things that God asked of us, they're painful. The things that God wants us to do, sometimes we're not going to understand it. I like the song, Father alone will know all about it. But I promise you this. Paul said this. I am crucified with Christ, yet I live, but not I, but Christ liveth in me. What's that saying? I'm carrying my cross, and when it gets too heavy, Brother Travis, you're Jesus. What what would you do in my case? You live with me. You come and help me carry my cross. No, really, you're Jesus. Come help me. See? He's going to help me. I'm not carrying this cross by myself. He said, he said, I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live. Not me, but Christ, which liveth in me. He said, I've done carried a cross bigger than yours, and I can help you carry yours. Amen. Don't be afraid of the cross. There is support for your cross. He will walk with you. He will be with you. He will help you every step of the way. Give him praise and glory. Amen. Thank you, buddy. That's good. And I want everyone to know Jesus' timing is better than Travis'. Say amen. Paul said, I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection. But then he said this, and the fellowship of his sufferings, you'll never know the power of the resurrection till you be with him in the fellowship of his sufferings. I want you to. Uh, can you put up there? This, let's see. I believe it's it's Luke chapter number nineteen. Y'all have that up there, Luke nineteen. I want to read just a couple verses. It says. This is, what what word do we use for this? Starts with D. Say it with me, everybody. Delivery. Delivery. But then we come to where we must take up our cross and follow him. Then this is destiny. Say that with me. Destiny. Destiny. Christ. Who for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. It says this, If we suffer with him, Let me read it. It is a faithful saying, second ten. You just stay there at Luke, Luke 19. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. But if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Watch this, Revelation 5, 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Paul Paul says this when it came time for him to die. He said, For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. He said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a, help me, a crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge said God's going to give it to him, but not only him, but all those that love his appearing. Now, before you go jumping up and down and I'm getting a crown, I'm getting a crown, I want to ask you a question. Do you love his appearing? Now, before you answer that, how many of y'all had parents that, that, that were strict? Anybody have parents that were strict? Now, if you wasn't doing what you were supposed to be doing, did you love their appearing? Now, if we came home and there was three children... And two of us had bad report cards, and one of us had a good report card. There wouldn't be but one child that loved his appearing. But if we had a, had a had a had a time, Dad would always be notorious for for leaving us a list of things to do. Joe, you do this. Malcolm, you do this. Mindy, you don't have to do anything. You just be spoiled. That's a, <laughs> that's, that's usually that's usually the way it was. Uh, Oh, she's in the first service. Amen. We got, uh, that's about the way it was. Amen. Spoiled, rotten. And when, when he came home, he was not like today's parents. He came home and actually expected it to be done. And if it wasn't, oh, there would be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And And when you saw the car pulling into the driveway, and you look at your list, you weren't even close to be done, you did not love His appearing. Do you know who's going to love Christ's appearing? Those that are doing what He told them to do while He was gone. They're going to love His appearing. All but preacher, we're all going to get a cramp. We're all going to reign with... Really? Really? says we'll reign with him if we suffer with him. Now watch this, watch this in, in Luke 19, Luke 19, verse number 11. Can you get down to verse number 11? Watch this here. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Now watch what he says. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. That means use what I have given you, serve me. Study that word occupy. It means take use of what I have given you, all right? But his citizens hated him and sent him a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, "Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds." And he said unto him, "Well, thou good faithful, excuse me, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little. Watch this. Read this with me. Have thou authority over? Did y'all get that? Did y'all get that? Now watch, watch." And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, be thou over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest thou that thou didst not sow. And he saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore, then gavest not thou my money into thy bank, that at that my coming I might have required mine own? He said, least you could have got was interest. And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. Now he watch this now. And they said unto him, Lord, but he hath ten pounds. Watch this. For I say unto you, that unto every one which hath shall be given And from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. Let me apply that. There's coming a day. There's coming a day that the trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with them in the clouds. There's going to be seven years of tribulation on this earth. Thank God we're going to miss every bit of it. Listen, seven years of tribulation here on this earth at the end of those seven years, Revelation chapter 19, the Lord's going to come back on a white horse. He's going to come straight to Jerusalem. He's going to sit on his throne in Jerusalem. He's going to rule this world with a rod of iron. And the Bible says we saints are going to reign with him on this earth. We're going to receive a crown. We're going to receive authority to reign on this earth. You say, well, that's great. But, but now watch. What you do now, now stay with me. I know this is going to get a little bit deeper than I like to do on a Sunday morning. But what you do now will determine what you will be then. What does that mean? That means if you waste your talent, if you waste your time, if you do not do what God's called you to do, if you don't do everything you can to find out what that is, invest your whole life into accomplishing that for His glory even that which you have will be taken from you. The gifts that you already have now, the talents that you have now, the things that God has blessed you with now, that He expects you to occupy till He comes, that He expects you to use till He comes, even that will be taken from you. And you may not be a reigning over a city. You won't be reigning over anything. It's all there. What are you saying? Let's let's apply it this way. 70 years, give or take. What's the lifespan, average lifespan? About 70 years. Compare that to a 1,000 years. Compare that to eternity. Now, do you really think that all God had planned for you was for a little period of 70 years here on this earth. This is just a prep time. This is a time of getting ready for what God's got for you over there. Let me apply it this way. How many people you know that goofed off in school, in high school, in in elementary school, goofed off, thought they was going to have all the time in the world. I mean, everything. I mean, life was right now in the immediate. Life is right now in high school. This is life. But you realize you got out of school and, uh-oh, not ready, not prepared. Did not apply yourself in high school, and now you didn't have the grades to do anything after that, and here you are, you're stuck and in a mess and realize that life was more than just 12 years in school. You have, you have 50, 60, 70 other years you got to live, and those 12 years in school was to prepare you for, are you all with me? You're in school. You're in the prep time. There's coming a day when God is going to, listen, He's going to pass out rewards. He's going to pass out crowns. He's going to pass out authority. And you're going to be left empty. Because what you do with this is going to determine if you get to wear that. Don't ever think, don't ever think that you can skate through your Christian life and do just enough to get by and think you're going to wear one of them. That's not going to happen. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. But I must join him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Cross will get heavy. The cross at times will be very painful. How many of y'all know it's painful to swallow your pride? How many of y'all know it's painful to admit that you're wrong? It is for me. How many of y'all know it's painful to say, God. I don't know what tomorrow holds because I've never been there and, and, the, and the fear of the unknown is scary but, but God I know that you know what's best for my life. As we worship him today there's going to be people make a decision here in just a moment y'all get ready Brother Dole I wonder who's going to find their cross today or not necessarily not necessarily find your divine purpose your cross today we can help you with that, but you make a decision. I'm not going to stop till I do. I'm not going to quit till I do. I'm not going to quit trying ministries. I'm not going to quit experimenting till I find what God wants me to do. I'm not going to stop. Because I don't want to stand before God one day and be disappointed. I don't want to one day live my life here on this earth for nothing. All that you're spending your time for. All that you're dedicating your time for. A hobby. What are you going to get out of it in the end? To get better at your hobby? Listen, that job that you think is so important, it's keeping you away from God. And I know how important jobs are right now. But what's going to happen when it comes time to die? And you did not carry the cross that God gave you. Unless a man take up his cross follow me he cannot be my disciple I don't know why well I do know next week is a new year boy it would be a wonderful thing if everybody in this building decided tonight today I'm going into this new year as a disciple I'm going to leave the manger I'm going to leave the place of delivery I'm going to fall at Jesus' feet. I'm going to come to his cross and say, Lord, whatever thy will be done, or whatever you want me to do, I don't care if it inconveniences me. I don't care if it messes up my schedule. I don't care if it changes my agenda. God, whatever you want is what I want. It's not my will that's important, Lord. It's your will. Brother Chris, would you grab that cross for me and set it over there so it don't slip and fall on anybody? On every head bow and every eye close.